Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to take a second to talk about our new sponsor, one of my favorite brands, Beam. If you follow me on Instagram, you guys already know about this incredible CBD brand that I use daily, but if you don't, let me give you a little bit of information. So I was very wary to enter into the CBD space a while ago, but I did a ton of research and this brand is no freaking joke. They are third-party tested, full-spectrum, no-THC CBD. You can get the tincture, which I use daily, or the salve, or the bars, all available on their website, beamtlc.com. Plus, Freckled Foodie 15 gets you 15% off the entire website. Hello, everyone. I am back in Samsung 837 in the heart of the Meatpacking District, and I'm so excited because I'm joined with one of my real-world friends, Ashley LaFond, who's the founder of Of Space and Mind. Welcome, Ash. Hi. So happy to be here. I'm excited to have you here. It's fun to have, like, real friends that I'm friends with. I say real world, but, like, I am obviously become friends with people in the space, but... We were friends outside of Freckled Foodie, so I'm very pumped to have you on here. It's actually one of my favorite Freckled Foodie sayings is real world friends. <laughs> it's not easy to say, but no. I'm very honored to be one of those people. I know. I st- it's funny because I, we've obviously talked about this, but I find that my whole life was like, okay, I grew up in New Jersey, and then we all kind of went to schools right around New Jersey. I went to Lafayette, Pennsylvania, and then everyone just moves to New York from home and from Lafayette. I would say 90% of people migrate to the city. Mm-hmm. And so when I moved to New York, it was such a blessing. I didn't have to make any new friends. But in the same sense, it was kind of like, you know, not only do you evolve, but it's also just nice to get to know other people. And I remember when we first met, I was like, Oh my God, I could have a real world friend. So not only are you like a non-freckled foodie business friend, but you're like a real world met after college friend. I know. it's, it's You fit con- both molds. I'm happy to be in both molds for you. <laughs> and you're infiltrating me with all of Canada. Yeah. I love it. Um, so I want to do a deep dive into your journey mm-hmm. of Space of Mind in general as a company, how you got there, um, the mission of it, how you're helping people, but first we began obviously how would you define success so I think success for me is not so much something to be obtained Mm -hmm. as it is an attitude okay I think that it's comes from a sort of self-satisfaction that you get from from putting in effort and Mm -hmm. ultimately doing something that you love and that you feel really like energized by yeah I like that a lot. Yeah. Do you feel successful right now with your company? I like, Do you feel that attitude? I feel that attitude. When I am doing this work, I am more energized than I've ever been in my whole life. And yeah. that's what makes me know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And did you feel that at your old job beforehand? At points, yeah. I think I felt that. But overall, I think... Ultimately, it was more draining rather than energizing Mm -hmm. for me. And that was the thing that sort of pushed me to find what my real journey was going to be. Um, I didn't feel like I should be doing, you know, my life's work shouldn't be something that draws energy, that pulls energy Mm -hmm. for me, but rather makes me feel energized and happy and fulfilled. Yeah, 100%. So what were you doing, we'll get into space in mind, Mm -hmm. but just to lay the groundwork, can you give us a bit of your backstory Um, Mm -hmm. You're from Canada. I'm from Toronto. (laughs) 
Um, Wait, also, do you pronounce the second T in Toronto? I do now because, I mean, all Toronto, yeah, Americans do. Um, In Toronto, we say Toronto. Okay, because my mom is, as you know, Uh marrying, like she got ordained and she's the, whatever the term is, but she is marrying a a couple Uh in Toronto this week. And she kept saying Toronto. And I was like, Mom, I think they say Toronto. We do say Toronto. Okay. Here in the so States. I wasn't wrong. I try, no, you were not wrong. I try to pronounce the second T because I feel like that's how you guys hear it. <laughs> okay, fair. Um, so I'm from Toronto. I went to school in Canada, mm-hmm. moved to New York in 2010. I spent sort of 10 years in the social media space. It was okay. obviously blowing up. Mm-hmm. When I first started, we were sort of, we, you know, Instagram didn't exist yet. We were throwing around ideas around, like, what is Facebook? Yeah. Um, and I loved it. I, lo- I worked for two startups in this space, first on the publishing side, then the media space. And uh, we were building something. And it was a group of, you know, young, mm-hmm. really smart, talented people. And I love that. But I wasn't really interested in kind of helping brands connect better with their consumers. Like that didn't make me feel fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Um, But the startup space felt, you know, really fun for me. And I always had a sort of entrepreneurial spirit. So I knew that I would eventually start something of my own. And this was like really good training. It was like 10 years of the most amazing training, like my own mini MBA in how to create and run a business. Because I also feel at tech startups or startups in general – you're wearing so many hats that it's not like, okay, this is your one rule. Here's your payroll. Stick within your like lane line and box. You're doing so many different things that I think it's really beneficial for what you later went on to do, but starting your own company. Absolutely. I mean, you're, you're always doing 10 different jobs. And I like that because I'm the kind of person that likes to see sort of like challenges as opportunities and mm-hmm. I like to fix things like nothing you can never just do the thing <laughs> I, do I like love that things. about you <laughs> but that was that's everything in a sort of tech startup yeah. or any startup culture there's always like you do one thing and then mm-hmm. you something else breaks and you've got to fix that and that what that's what made every day so exciting and what made every day sort of an opportunity to do something new mm-hmm. like I am not the kind of person that likes the day-to-day I like the build and the create yeah. sort of aspect and then I like to move on to the next thing okay that's fair Mm -hmm. so when did you decide that it was time to start your own thing and how did you come about this new venture so it was a long time coming Mm -hmm. um but I knew I knew I wanted to start something I wasn't sure what that thing was and then I decided one day, I was at CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, and I was at an event and I was watching all these brilliant women on stage talking mm-hmm. about, you know, brands and how do we connect better in the future of VR and all these things. And I realized in that moment that I didn't want to be them in 10 years. So I it wasn't. we had a yeah, conversation right after this. Exactly. And that was a sort of eureka moment for me. And mm-hmm. once that happened, it really got the ball running and being like, okay, so what is the thing that I'm going to yeah. do? And... Um, at some point I realized after enough people told me that, you know, people would come to my apartments, um, they would be like, you should be doing this full time. Your apartment's amazing. Or, you know, someone would be moving and mm. ask me for help with X, Y, and Z and I would help them. And people would be like, you know what, you should be doing this full time. And 
I think after a while, when people tell you enough yeah. times, you realize that the, the thing that comes most naturally to you, I think for you, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, your interest in food, um, maybe should be the thing. Yeah. But it's almost like so obvious that it wasn't obvious to me. Well, it's also, and so just for listeners, what we're talking about is her insane organizational skills. And I remember first meeting you, and I don't remember when I first went to your apartment, but being awestruck (laughs) by the insane detail and organization of your apartment and calling Joe and being like, we live in a children's home (laughs) and Ashley lives in a house and we need to make some moves. Um, But I think that it's hard sometimes when it's like right under your, what's the saying? Right under your nose. Under your nose, yeah. Um, When it's right under your nose because you forget, and I notice this with food, when it's so natural to you Mm -hmm. because you've been so interested in it for so long Mm -hmm. or maybe it just does come naturally to you or it's just a routine, you forget that to other people it's so scary and intimidating. And like I'm sure you feel this way with some of the questions you get, but I know some of the DMs I get of like, for instance, grilling. I've been very open about grilling Mm -hmm. lately. And I get a lot of DMs like, I'm so afraid to use the grill. Like, I'm like, it is the easiest appliance in the world. And I think it's simple things within the food world for me that I just don't even mm-hmm. think about that people will DM me and ask, like, how do you know how to do this? How do you know what to do that? Mm-hmm. Like, as if it all has to be perfect. And I think that's why, I mean, now it's obvious. But in the beginning, it's hard because it's like, well, can I make a company out of this? Like, exactly. everyone knows this, but well, no one does. Like you said, it's... Yeah. It's because it comes so naturally to you, it doesn't feel unique or special, I think, yeah. in some ways. And then and then you realize that it actually is. And there's a comfort in I can go into any space and I see it as an opportunity to make it better. Yeah. And that comes really naturally to me. Like I walk into any space and I'm like, oh, like, you know, what? I think we could improve it by doing X, Y and mm-hmm. Z. And that tiny little voice in my head was something I ignored for so long. Yeah. And and somebody once also told me that you should be doing the thing that you want to educate yourself on. The thing that you want to, that, you know, you, for example, for you, like reading food blogs mm-hmm. and being in the kitchen is something that you want to be doing. So like, how do you turn that into a business? Yeah. And I think that was for me, even when I was working at startups in the sort of marketing space, I was always like pulled into conversations of how do we make our office better and how do we increase mm-hmm. em- employee experience and how do we, you know, bring our branding to life in the space or frankly, like you know the kitchen pantries would be a mess and I'd find myself like moving things around (laughs) well I've said this before but I mean I loved my aspects of my job but I was not enthused by municipal bonds whatsoever Mm -hmm. and so I would spend like downtime or free time when I could be reading up on like certain news within the muni world I'd be reading the infatuation every single morning like eater every single morning looking at new restaurants like writing out grocery lists like that's what my mind went to in times of boredom I guess Mm -hmm. and so that's when I noticed like wow you really care a lot more about this than the other stuff that you're supposed to be doing and that's a signal yeah I totally agree so were you always interested in organizing like your whole childhood? Yes. So I was the kid. <laughs> dream child? Um, not, so, not so dreamy for my parents. Uh, they're not. It's sort of like I created this, um, this out of the chaos. I grew up okay. in a big family, lots of you know, people and dogs and pets yeah. and things happening. 
and my room was always my sanctuary. It was the it was mm-hmm. the space that I could sort of create on my own. That was. Um, always organized like I think you know for my 13th birthday like all I wanted was a computer with a printer that wasn't connected to the internet but just (laughs) printed things because I wanted it to just work you know like simple things like that efficiency exactly Um, I read Marie Kondo's book maybe five years ago or when it first came out I bought a copy and in it she talks about being a young child and getting in trouble for taking everything out of her parents' closets and reorganizing things and throwing things out and that was literally me it was the moment that I had where I thought I'm not alone on this planet there's other people (laughs) out there that are like me I think that was another eureka moment for me yeah um but yes I was the kid who was like dying to reorganize her things in home and throw things out and that would not make my parents very happy like there are two sides of it I'm sure they were very appreciative that you weren't a slob but they were also probably annoyed if we're being honest yeah they were I think more annoyed now now they appreciate it but yeah then then not so much and I'm like we don't need these and I'm creating piles and throwing things out (laughs) (laughs) okay so let's dive into of space and mind Mm -hmm. do you want to give us a little rundown of Mm -hmm. the company as a whole what you offer and then we can dive into the yeah therapeutic aspect of it I guess yeah um so of space in mind is a company that works in personal professional spaces so homes and businesses we offer um professional organizing uh Everything from sort of moving services mm-hmm. to, you know, closet overhauls to decluttering to, um, you know, building systems in, in a home or a business. Yeah. Um, our mission is to free your mind by organizing your space. So we really believe that like physical clutter creates mental clutter. I totally agree. Um, exactly. And it's all about reducing that so that ultimately it's not so much what um, spaces are capable of, but what mm-hmm. people are. So that's what we're trying to deliver. Yeah. I mean, I fully, fully support and agree with the whole concept of that. I think that, like, a, I once heard a clear desk is a clear mind, mm-hmm. or maybe it was the opposite, a cluttered desk is a cluttered mind. But either, either way, way. <laughs> when I get home, it's like when I travel, this is my peak frustration moment. I'm someone that has to unpack right away. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm traveling from anywhere, whether I'm just out for the day or a long weekend or like a week trip, whatever, the second I get home, I have to unpack. And if it's the middle of the day and I have a lot of work to do, look, I cannot sit down mm-hmm. to do anything until everything is put away. Mm-hmm. It's one of the challenges of working from home in general. Oh, totally. I feel the same way. Unless my physical environment is yes. clean, I have a really hard time focusing. Me too. And there's always a laundry list of things uh-huh. that I want to do in the apartment. And I'm like, oh, work actually has to come first yeah. here. You wouldn't be doing these if you were at a corporate job. But you see those, what we're talking about is these little open mental loops that are created yeah. by this like clutter in our space. Whether or not you're people like you and I mm-hmm. who, who recognize it, some people are able to kind of look through it but they don't realize that that's actually drawing energy from them yeah and so that's what we're trying to help them do is like clear all this clutter you know people people don't realize like they're they're looking for something they make themselves late they then Mm. you know start their day on the on the wrong foot like we want to help you reduce all of that so you can get up in the morning do what you need to do and get out of the house so you can find what you need and not waste a single second of energy on you know wasted on um kind of fighting with your physical space yeah and I notice it's a struggle and something I am struggling with currently that I'm now noticing is like I want to be so minimalistic like the idea of only having 
Okay, like living in it, I dream, my dream would be to mm-hmm. live in like a space with very, very little decor, like no clutter, just a few things, and a closet of like three dresses, two pants, mm-hmm. and like four t-shirts, and two pairs of shoes. Like very minimalistic. But then I feel like I always want things. And so then I buy them, and then I'm like, there's not even fucking room for this. <laughs> but you see, so the way I think about minimalism is... It's less about, it's not about living with less. It's about living with intention. So it's not about having less belongings necessarily. It's about having the things that have a purpose or utility or that bring you some sense of satisfaction. Okay. That's very, very fair. And I I have a few questions just regarding the whole organization Mm -hmm. and specifically clothes because I feel like in New York, that's Mm -hmm. what everyone struggles with. Just ones that I have, but I feel like ones that will also resonate with listeners because I want this to be an approachable topic. So when you feel the way I do of the clutter aspect Mm -hmm. and just like want to throw your hands up in the air, which is how I feel every time I unpack because I'm seeming to notice that there's like very little room for everything – What's like the step process that you would tell someone to do if they're looking to declutter their home Mm -hmm. if they are not able to hire you, for Mm -hmm. instance? So the first step is always to take everything out. Yeah. Which sounds overwhelming, but it's only by seeing everything all together that you have can you really start that Mm -hmm. true decluttering process. So you take everything out, you sort it and categorize it so you'd put all your jackets together which if we're talking about clothes all your pants together and by seeing all of your belongings in one space oftentimes you kind of you can really feel how much you have within a category and that usually sort of starts that process of of realization that Mm -hmm. it's time to reduce a bit um so you take everything out you uh, sort and categorize, and then you start that edit process, really mm-hmm. looking at, you know, lifting up each piece, looking at it, figuring out is this something that you want to continue in your wardrobe or is it something that you're holding on to for the wrong reason. So so often we hold on to things not because they make us happy or really yeah. like them, but rather that it's a sense of a like, guilt. Mm-hmm. I spent so much money on mm-hmm. it. I never wore it. It still has the tags on it. My mom bought it for me. It yeah. was a gift. Like all these things. And we're we're like shaming ourselves into mm-hmm. keeping these things. And it, it, when you think I about it. a slew of these things. Exactly. And then when you think about it that way, you realize like you don't, want, you don't need to hold on to those things. Maybe the purpose of that was to teach you a lesson in that moment to say like, you know, blue is not my color. Yeah. <laughs> and take it as a lesson and move on. Let it go. We were talking about, I think, once, um, like, birthday cards. Mm-hmm. How we both, like, had stored – I have, like, kind of, like, a junk drawer-esque. And, like, I don't know why I keep some of the shit that's in there. But there's, like, sentimental mo- value in that moment. Mm-hmm. But then the moment's over. Mm-hmm. I hate to be, like, so dark. But, but the, maybe the moment lives on in your memory. Yeah. It doesn't have to live on physically. So, like, I've started tossing things, and I'm like, this was really nice, mm-hmm. but I think the only cards I have now, which I will always keep, are the ones that Joe and I wrote each other on our wedding day. Of course. And, like, that's fine to keep, but otherwise I don't need every single little card or wedding invitations. I was holding on to those. I was like, why am I holding on to these people's wedding invitations? <laughs> exactly. So, we, you know, with memories, that's always the toughest. Um, yeah. Piece. So we we suggest if you're taking on a decluttering process to 
kind of leave that for last. Once okay. you have some momentum, mm-hmm. it's easier once you get to those things. Paper and memories yeah. are always the hardest. Starting, you know, start with things like under your sink or your laundry, mm-hmm. things that don't hold a lot of kind of emotional attachment. Yeah. Once you get going and the momentum builds, then once you get to those things, it makes it a lot easier. I actually totally agree with the momentum aspect because when I do this, sometimes I'll notice if I start and I'm like really holding on to things that I mm-hmm. know I don't like, I'm like, okay, today's not the day. Yes. But then there are days where I'm like, nope, toss that. And then it's like, toss, toss, <laughs> toss, toss. Well, like I donate or sell, but you know what I mean? Like, don't need that, don't need that. And I just get going. I'm like, get open every drawer. And that, it's funny because that's exactly what happens with clients. So we'll yeah. start, you know, in the beginning, people are holding on. They're a little bit scared. It's, mm-hmm. it's tough for them. And then once they start to see the light, yeah. it's like, that I'm like wait you actually do need that maybe we should keep that (laughs) the rules have reversed exactly but it is really freeing and I think you once you you kind of let go it like the gates open and you you're like okay let's do this so the Marie Kondo aspect Mm -hmm. and I could get this wrong because I've never actually seen it but she does the whole like emotional piece can you give us a little background yeah, so her her view is to ask yourself whether or not an item brings you joy. Okay. And I think that's a honestly a brilliant way of looking at it. And she encourages you to hold on and touch each piece of clothing or item and really ask yourself like does does it bring mm-hmm. me joy? And I think joy is a really unique word. It's not yeah. happiness, it's not um, fulfillment is joy. Like does it make me feel joyful? Yeah. And um, I think I think that um, has resonated with people because it's a little bit of a different sort of mm-hmm. view. You're not looking at utility. A lot of people get really like, well, I need that because it has some some utility. But yes. then you're holding on to these everything that has, you know, you can rationalize that everything. everything. Exactly. Um, so she she has a really unique perspective. And she ha- she's also laid it out in very clear steps. So mm-hmm. I think she really kind of... Um, changed the game of organization because she made it much more approachable kind of like the way that you view things yeah I love that and I also think that there are methods that I've heard of and but that's this is way more utility focused of like Mm -hmm. okay turn your hangers around do you know about this well I'm sure you do but turn your hangers around and then every time you wear something you put the Mm -hmm. hanger back like facing the Mm -hmm. right way and then you decide whether it's six months or a year Mm -hmm. anything that's still facing the opposite way you toss I think I told you that yeah yeah that I feel like is hard because sometimes there are certain moments for – but that's me saying that there's, like, a reason for everything. No, I think the the purpose of that is to be able to evaluate kind of overall mm-hmm. after a season to say, well, if I didn't wear this this season, is it likely that I'm going yeah. to want to wear it next season? Now, yeah. basics are different, classic basic pieces, you mm-hmm. know. But when you think about some of the fast fashion, you wonder – you know, if I didn't really wear it in four months in the summer in New York, am I really going to turn to it in summer 2020? Oh my gosh, I need to edit like my entire summer wardrobe. <laughs> I have no, honestly, because this is another question with storage. So mm-hmm. I put stuff in Ziploc bags under my bed, but there are so many pieces. I can think of like 10 right now in my wardrobe that have just gone in and out of my summer storage bags and never been worn. But then every time I open my storage bags, I'm like, oh, I forgot about this. Like, I'll wear it this year. And then I never do. And then instead of tossing it, I'm like, I'll wear it next year. So when you do this edit, are you pulling everything out of storage as well? Oh, yeah. Because th- that's where all mostly the culprits lie, the yeah. things that you're storing. That's me. Because out of sight, out of mind, you can't even use them if they're not 
you know, mixed in with your wardrobe. And those pieces that are going back year over year mm-hmm. are the are the pieces that likely you know need to get edited out because you have to ask yourself like why aren't you wearing them why you know maybe it maybe you love that style three years ago and so you're holding on to it because you felt really good when you wore it but then the styles change and yeah I have this emotional attachment and issue with my work wardrobe Mm -hmm. which I was like the second I left JP Morgan I'm tossing everything I have Mm -hmm. and I did like my pencil skirts and like some of my dresses and some of my blazers whatever I was like yes I texted a few friends I work in the corporate world and I was like who wants this come over mm-hmm. but then there's some dresses where I just can't get rid of them and I know I'm not gonna wear them again but I'm like but it is cute it was I loved it for the office but I don't work in an office anymore. do you think that know. it may be a sense of oh totally I know. You know what I'm going to say. Keep going. (laughs) That, you know, you're you're like, I don't know how this is going to work out. It's kind of a safety net. 100%. Yeah, we see that a lot. My mom was like, I remember my mom freaking out when she saw me post on my story. Like, I have buttloads of work clothes Mm -hmm. on my personal account. Like, just because I wanted to keep it to, like, my friends. Um, She's like, why are you throwing everything away? You have to keep it. You have to keep it. I'm like... Why do I have to keep it? And then a voice inside my head was like, well, what if this doesn't work and you exactly. go back? So but I saved like a nice theory staple mm-hmm. suit because you never know. You never know. But I don't need all the dresses. I no. And again, like you're hitting, you're hitting a point, which we see a lot, which is people hold on to things mostly out of fear. Yeah. Fear of, you know, it's a scarcity sort of feeling mm-hmm. like what happens if. Yeah. And we generally say like that's holding you back you're you're not you you should be surrounding yourselves with things that push you towards the future not tie you to the past now keeping like one suit because you may have an opportunity where Mm -hmm. you need to that's a different story but holding on to a slew of work dresses yeah when you really think should you ever go back into the corporate world you you know, your body might have changed by then. The styles might have changed. Yeah. Like, chances are you'd also want to reward yourself by buying things new. You're mm-hmm. not really going to want to look back at the old dresses that you wore at a job that didn't make you feel fulfilled. I have such the spending guilt also. It's like, oh, but I bought this. And now, like, you know, mm-hmm. what do you suggest are the best apps or websites or services mm-hmm. for selling clothes i was gonna say because there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of apps so we work with the real real a lot okay. for certain pieces um they they are great and they're great partners to us and mm-hmm. to our clients so we definitely recommend that um poshmark is another great yeah. um app we work with somebody a, a girl named lexi at Consign with Lex, okay. who sells clothes for you through Poshmark. She's a great partner oh. of ours. Yeah. Because I hate, I'm so lazy. I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't have time to photograph this, post all these things, respond to these questions. Like, yes. It's I just a, want it out of my hands. Exactly. So, so businesses like hers are popping up, and she's been a great partner because, you know, a lot of people feel the same way. Yeah. Um, Do you use ThreadUp? I have used ThreadUp. I've heard it's gotten better, but in the past... So what I like is that they recycle pieces, yeah. which is great because so much you know, fashion ends up in landfills and that's mm-hmm. really awful. But um, they, but, but in terms of getting value back, yeah, I haven't really... The payout, really, is, the very payout small. is low. Yeah. 
I do it with stuff that, like, I'm not going to realistically sell on Poshmark. Mm-hmm. So, like... It kind of is, like, a last yeah. point. Like, all my old T-shirts and, like, that kind of stuff will go to Goodwill. Mm-hmm. But then, like, maybe some Lululemon stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't really think people buy this stuff. I don't know. Like, random stuff I'll send a thread up. Honestly, just because I hate... The Poshmark aspect is like once I want something out of my hands, I want it out of my fucking hands. I don't you. want it in a corner in my apartment that I'm trying to sell. Because it's just then another it just open loop. There. Right. <laughs> yes. It's a loop. I think that there's an opportunity in for a sort of like friends exchange. I know you and I yeah. have talked about this a lot. I think that you know, there should be an app where we mm-hmm. can sell our old stuff. Honestly, I would rather even give it away to yeah. people within my own network, especially things like workout clothes, maybe really light you use or you bought it and it's yeah. the wrong size you wore at once and you don't want to just donate it. You mm-hmm. can't sell it, but you'd love to give it away to friends. So I, I really think if anyone's listening that yes. <laughs> wants to start this business, please do and get in touch with us because yeah. I would love to work with you on it. We well, so as a group of friends, we have like a shared photo album, mm-hmm. closet collective, closet collective of dresses that we've worn places, and like in the notes or the title, it'll say like the size, the designer, mm-hmm. and like a picture of a us picture, with this. yeah, and like who has it last, mm-hmm. and then like our friend just texted us today, like I need a dress for this, mm-hmm. and people are sending photos. I like never have anything to offer because I usually am diving through my mom's closet, <laughs> but. It does come in handy. Like the jumpsuit. I have this one jumpsuit. It's like Sisterhood of the Traveling jumpsuit. It fits everyone perfectly. It looks amazing on everyone. It looks so good on everyone. And the best part is that it's from fucking Lulu's. <laughs> like I've worn it. You wore it to my wedding. Yeah, I did wear it to your wedding. Lo wore it for her freaking engagement, not knowing. Oh, no. She wore for the engagement celebration, yeah. uh-huh. so she didn't know. Um, Emily's worn it, too. I think Julie's the only one. Either way, it's a great, it's a great idea because then you're not feeling like – you have to buy something new every single time because I think that's what people get in the trap mm-hmm. of. It's like, oh, I have a wedding this weekend. I have to go buy these new dresses. And it's like, well, do you really have to? I don't know. It's so nice to recycle too and yeah. and to, again, buy something. I now feel better buying something for a wedding knowing that one of you guys will end up wearing it again. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so do you find that you're much more, um, what's the word I'm looking for, but like thoughtful spender? I'm working on it (laughs) in terms of fashion. Yeah. um, I'm working on trying to move away from some of the fast fashion and really investing in pieces that Mm. can be kind of capsule wardrobe like you talked about. Yeah. I think similar to you, my whole life has changed in the last Mm -hmm. year. And so I need a work wardrobe that's very different than I once did. I never had to wear corporate clothes, of course, but... Um, now I have to, you know, I work with my hands, I work with my body, Mm -hmm. I'm on the floor, I'm crawling around, I'm lifting, I'm bending. And so, um, I need a whole different wardrobe than I once did. You need like cute athleisure wear. Yeah. And, and a lot of black. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My whole team, we wear black, um, just because, you know, oftentimes we get a little dirty and it's just easier. Yeah. So I'm working on building out some pieces. I also need pockets, a lot of pockets. Do you use the... Or, yes, or the fanny that you bought me. Because I was going to say. Um, so you mentioned a team. Uh-huh. What has become of, of Space and Mind? You started a year ago. Mm-hmm. Just um, over. Yeah. yeah, just over a year ago. So what has happened in the past year and where do you see it going in the future? So it has grown much more quickly than I ever expected. Mm-hmm. And I think 
we're getting to the point where, you know, it's a services business. So mm-hmm. I have to figure out how I can continue to scale it um, yeah. and, you know, be able to take on multiple projects mm-hmm. in multiple places. So that's kind of my sort of 2020 goal. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, we are just trying to take on my goal for 2019 was to take on as many different projects as I could to get as much experience, mm-hmm. really start to build my style and figure out my niche. What are the projects that yeah. I like the most? Um, and really sort of define my own style. And then 2020 will be all about like continuing to scale and Mm -hmm. offer new services. And when I know you do corporate offices and Mm -hmm. homes, is there one, are there things that you like about each one more than the other? Uh, You mean working in offices versus homes? Yeah, like you organizing a corporate office versus a home. I... So I love the office aspect because I spent so many years in the startup world. Mm -hmm feels really close to home for me and I know the value that a kind of uh the value of an organized space can have on employee engagement and on employee experience so I'm really interested in taking our business that way um but homes it's so personal I know there's a really you feel like you're really helping an individual exactly and I think so I think I like both Mm -hmm. I just like them both for different for different reasons um yeah but that's a good thing to actually enjoy both aspects because I know there were parts of my company when I started that in the beginning I was like yeah I like this and then after time I was Mm -hmm. kind of like "Mm, this isn't exactly what I thought it was and so I pivoted a bit I would say that the only examples of that for me has been projects which include a sort of heavy design aspects so people ask me all the time like do you do styling do Mm. you do design or interiors and I say we we do like functional design like we we're always function first if you ask you know we'll happily help source pieces of furniture um but we're always going to be thinking first about functionality storage versus look and feel Mm. and so any clients that have sort of pushed us more into the design aspect is a little bit more of an uncomfortable space Mm -hmm. but we've done a few projects in in that and one day maybe you have a designer on your team exactly somebody who who could take on that and and again I'm building some partnerships with some stylists for the same reasons because people want us to come in and do a closet edit and we'll happily bring in a stylist to help with that we are focused more on Mm -hmm. the sort of reducing down and you know picking out yeah the organization not so much the style aspect. yeah not like this is what you should wear but this is how you should keep this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah um and then I can speak from like personal experience because you gifted me the best wedding gift ever of helping me organize my mm-hmm. insanely unorganized apartment. It wasn't that bad. In my opinion, it was. Because Joe moved in. Let me defend myself, but <laughs> it was bad in my mind. But that's also because Joe moved into the apartment I was already living in. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like, okay, this is our space. Let's figure out where to put everything. It was like, okay, let me open up a quarter of my closet for you to shove mm-hmm. everything into and like some random drawers and then moving things around. So like for me, it felt that everything was everywhere instead of having a place because I mm-hmm. believe everything should have a place. You and me both. So um, number one, if you could say rule or guideline, yeah. is everything has to have a place. You were talking earlier about unpacking and how overwhelming mm-hmm. it can feel. And often that happens when there isn't a place for things, you know, when you're opening your suitcases, exactly your suitcase and Mm. you find like, you know, 
sunglasses and bathing suits and you don't have a place for those it feels really overwhelming to figure mm-hmm. out where you're going to put it all back and it takes a lot of mental energy to do that if yeah. you just know that this drawer is where this goes and that drawer is where that goes then it's just a matter of putting it away yeah mine is also like once I'm done putting all the clothes away it's the bag situation like as someone who doesn't actually carry bags often and uses the same ones like I have so many fucking bags and so I'm going to edit out the top of my closet where mm-hmm. we organize them because there's just like I don't need all of them mm-hmm so that's a common personal tangent (laughs) no no it's a common problem and similarly you were saying about joe moving into your place we have seen that so much i don't know if this is a new york phenomenon Mm -hmm. or this is just people don't want to move yes you're right and some one you know one person in the couple has the better place so somebody moves in and it's exactly that it's so many couples we see struggling with the exact same thing where they say, I moved into my boyfriend's apartment or my fiance's apartment, mm-hmm. and now I can't fit any of my stuff, and we have to clear all his yeah. stuff. And they know it's a sort of contentious thing, and that's where we come in and we're like, listen, we can help. We'll make it all fit yes. and work and build you guys' systems because you shouldn't be starting your relationship off from this place either. I'm honestly trying to think of what we used to do before you helped us organize because in this time period after, like, we got that new dresser, mm-hmm. And it's full now. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, where the fuck was everything before that? Isn't I it funny have how, no idea. Isn't it funny how that happens? And you got rid of a lot. I got rid of a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my other question is bringing it a little bit more to food. Like one of my issues was in New York, there's not a lot of closet mm-hmm. space. I'm actually blessed with a decent amount of closet space. But I felt like I didn't have anywhere to store food, mm-hmm. like extra food or food I get sent by brands or just I am like one of those people that likes to buy everything in bulk, mm-hmm. which you have taught me is a great characteristic, but maybe not for Manhattan. Not for Manhattan. Because my mom basically has like a CVS style closet yeah. in her house and that's just the way I was raised. So I buy toilet paper in like 50 rolls at a time. I'm like, please don't shop at Costco. <laughs> You're two people in a West Village apartment. It's unnecessary. No, but it's like you do save a little money. Yeah, but the 50 cents that you save. I know. It's honestly that I'm lazy. It's mm-hmm. that when I get... It's convenience. Well, it feels like convenience, but you're it, actually burning yourself with the storage. And every time I continue to get these packages of all these paper towels and toilet paper, I think of you because when I buy it, I'm like, oh, nice. I'm buying in bulk, so I'm saving money. And it's the fact, it's the comfort of knowing if I run out of paper towels, mm-hmm. I have them. It's like the fear yeah, of... I was going to say, it's back to that scarcity and fear. Totally. Yeah. It's like, my apartment could be a bomb shelter. I honestly think I could live in our apartment We're all for coming over. a month yeah. off of like food, necessities, everything. So anyway. I guess the question you have to ask yourself is what would happen if you ran out? Yeah, I mean, I'd have to go to the bodega downstairs. Exactly. So nothing. Exactly. But then I would be really pissed that I'd be paying like eight. Okay, this is the weird thing about me. It's like, fine, I'll buy something nice. But like if toilet paper is like $6 or something, I'm like, this is blasphemy. <laughs> I fight over the little expenses. See, and I used to buy, I used to pay more when I lived in the city. I live in Brooklyn now, but so I have a little bit more space. But when I used to live in the city, I used to pay more to buy things that were smaller because I couldn't stand <laughs> storing them. So you'd, I'd buy like not the giant Listerine, yeah. you know, I'd buy like the small one that yes. actually costs more than the big one yes. because I 
was like, well, I surely can't store the big one. God forbid. I God have forbid. A large, meanwhile, Joe orders a three-pack of the large Listerine. Yeah, exactly. And it comes from Amazon. And I'm like, where do we put this? So it's something I'm actively working on. But for food, what would you recommend? I know you're someone that's like, take everything out and put it in a jar. Like, mm-hmm. are there tricks or tips that you would give people listening mm-hmm. who are maybe struggling with the storage of within their kitchen? Mm-hmm. So number one, which we just talked about, is don't buy in bulk if you don't have the space to store it. Yes. Um, another one, another tip is to take things out of their bulky packaging. You sort of mm. mentioned this already. Jars, um, stackable jars is a great option yeah. if you have a, not a lot of space. A really inexpensive options are mason jars. They actually stack pretty well and they're very mm. inexpensive. So taking things out of their bulky packaging allows you to see what you have so you yeah. don't overbuy and it, it optimizes to your space a little bit better. Um, that and you know, really thinking about planning your kitchen based on Mm -hmm. what you have and what you need and sort of, you know, if you're somebody that likes to have a lot of food and and on hand, then clearing the space for it, just prioritizing it. Yeah. And like, you don't need every appliance out there. You definitely don't need every appliance. You want to try and struggle. I am. Right. But you're going to want to try and keep your counters as clear as possible. And then containment in general. So just containing things not only helps you like you know keep organized but Mm -hmm. stay organized and helps with the maintenance piece and I think another piece of advice you gave me that I actually thought about last night because I was kicking myself um I we did transform our apartment so that now there's like a bit of a pantry Mm -hmm. closet Mm -hmm. for like extras I guess we can call it and you were like make sure you always check here before you buy anything and Mm -hmm. I was like yes Ashley I understand of course I would do that and I got a Thrive delivery last night and I opened the box and there was like Four boxes of Simple Mills crackers, three Siete chips, and like two of their brown rice facility pastas. And I go to put them away in the pantry. And I had all of it. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? Why would I, like, was I blacked out when I ordered this? No, it's just hard. It's just building it into your routine so that you pop by there. Because you're not going to have a memory of everything in your pantry. Although maybe one day. One day. They're creating those apps for fridges. So, like, you know when, like, how many eggs you have Mm -hmm. and when they were purchased. Mm -hmm. Wild smart homes. Mm -hmm. Can't wait. Um, But you actually did touch on something. We created you a pantry, and ultimately you had the space. You had two closets. Things were spread out across two places. So it was, you know, sometimes the simplest ideas are, like, the most, you Mm -hmm. know, the least obvious, I guess. Yeah. And... So that's what I was talking about, like clearing space and prioritizing space for things. So by moving things around, we were able to build you almost an entire pantry totally. out of a different closet. That was just I didn't even know what was in there, but it was full. I it was say full. That much. And and we you know, we, we definitely edited down, but more so we moved things into places yeah. that made sense and we cleared out the space for the things mm-hmm. that you want you know, you want to need and yeah. you want to access regularly. I don't even know what was in there, but it was just all everywhere and unorganized. Don't you remember me? My shoes? No, it was a lot of bag, a lot of tote bags. Oh, yeah. Do you remember Which me? I still have. Pulling them out? Yes. <laughs> throwing them into... Well, see, I try to bring grocery bags and I go to a grocery store, but then, like, you know, when I go home, I'll bring one home, and then I grab, like, three from my parents. I don't know why. And also, like, every event, anything food-related now, they give mm-hmm. you a Swell knockoff water bottle and a tote bag. Mm-hmm. So I have... 20 water bottles which i'm so pleased because i can't remember i haven't bought a plastic water bottle in a year except i don't need 20 um and tote bags 
So they're both great things. I just had too many of them. Mm -hmm. But I have noticed that since working with you, I say no to a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Like my first expo I went to, I was like, samples, give me everything. Mm -hmm. I remember walking out of there with like bruised shoulders on the bags. (laughs) And I got home and I was so overwhelmed because I had nowhere to put anything. So I was like shoving it in drawers, like eating stuff that I didn't even want. I said Mm -hmm. yes to foods I would have never eaten. And I've been to a few since then, but I just went to another trade show in the city called Fancy Foods. And I left with three things, which was huge for me. So that goes back to living not necessarily with less, but with intention. So you're intentional about the things that you bring into your Mm -hmm. home so that you don't have to do this editing process constantly because you're saying no to things from the beginning. Like this is same with when you buy things, when you're Mm -hmm. shopping, if you, if you, if it, if it really isn't truly right, let it go, send it back. Because once it comes in and you take those tags off, then you start this whole process Mm -hmm. of guilting yourself into keeping it. So it's being really intentional from the beginning. I like that. Also, there, you could do like a one-in-one-out policy. I do that. Which I try to do. Joe weirdly has implemented it. And I'm really? all for it, but I have not been doing well. Because you're able to sort of edit things based on what else you have. And you realize if your mind goes to one thing really mm-hmm. quickly, you're like, okay, yeah, this is the one. I, I don't need, need to do 10 sweaters. post-summer edit because mm-hmm. my sweatshirts and T-shirts and everything, it's just out of, mm-hmm. out of control right now. Um off topic of what we're currently discussing, mm-hmm. but a question I have to always ask. Yeah. What is your favorite characteristic about yourself? Um, my favorite characteristic about myself is, can I say two? Go for it. Okay. <laughs> I think it's a... <laughs> You're like a little kid at school. So. Um, okay. My fa- So the, I think it's a mix of two. I think number one is my tenacity, mm-hmm. um, which has allowed me to get where I am mm-hmm. to see the world as you know opportunity like you can I really truly believe that you can make absolutely anything anyone can make anything happen for themselves if they want it hard enough and they and they and they go for it so I think that that is allowing me to get where I am and then I think my sort of uh how nurturing I am Mm -hmm. allows me to you know be good at what I do and yeah. sort of have a different view. Like I really honestly care about the people in my life, as you know, I care 100%. deeply and I care deeply about the people that I work with, my clients, um, my team. I really, I, I want them, I want to deliver not just, you know, beautiful pantries and perfectly file folded mm-hmm. drawers, um, which I, we do that too, but, yeah. but ultimately we're thinking about what that, the impact that that has on your life yeah, and I mean, there's a large emotional piece to the work that you're doing, 100%. Right, I never really, I don't think I realized just how much sort of coaching I would need mm-hmm. to do, and that's actually something I want to continue to learn and grow and yeah. perhaps take a course on so that I can connect better and more deeply with people that we're working with, but I think my sort of nurturing Mm-hmm. nature definitely allows me to get into their sort of world really quickly so that mm-hmm. I can see or I, I think I can see what needs yeah. to happen well you're really good at putting yourself in other shoes mm-hmm. which I think is very helpful in that case but you're also a very caring person like I know if there was ever something wrong that you'd be there in a second mm-hmm. and like you'd be doing all of the right things you're gonna be a wonderful <laughs> thank you <laughs> I think that that 
um, that sort of that same thing that you feel is how I feel about my clients. Like I'm really mm-hmm. invested in them, in yeah. their lives. I really, truly don't just want to get in and get out in a project. I want to make sure that we are transforming yeah. them. I would say another one of your best characteristics that I can speak to because I know you so well <laughs> and because I think it's very fitting is that you are so detail-oriented. Mm-hmm. Like extremely detail-oriented. Yes. Where it's where we, not butt heads, but sometimes I'm just like, it doesn't matter. You're like, it does and matter. And like, everything matters. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yes, maybe it does. Um, but I think it's admirable and I'm sure it's helped so much with your business because so much is in the details. Absolutely. And I think I see things like in a different world, in a different mm-hmm. way that other people do. Yeah. And I mean, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse. Absolutely. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I wish I could just live, a, you know, a bit more of an aloof lifestyle where I saw nothing and I could just float yeah. through and, and instead I see everything, notice everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it does definitely contribute to the, the work that we're doing. Yes, absolutely. And to bring it back to food, mm-hmm. what would be the three ways to your heart through food? Okay. Um... Number one would be cheese. <laughs> Any specific cheese? All cheese. I mean, okay. not all cheese. Uh, my favorite right now, I get into phases with cheese, okay. is I love Manchego, which mm. is like a Spanish cheese. Yeah, I love Manchego. Um, but I like all cheese. Like, I like certain kinds of cheeses in every category. I think that um, if I, like my go-to snack, if I, ha- mm-hmm. I try to live a sort of clean lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So I try to limit my dairy intake. But my go-to snack out of the fridge would be some sort of cheese. With crackers or salami or just cheese? Could be with a cracker. It could also just be on its own, like a slice of cheese. It just makes me so happy. Interesting. I weirdly did not know that about <laughs> Yeah, you. I love cheese. I love cheese. Wait, but do you like blue cheese? On salads. And my mom used to make this incredible gorgonzola like pasta. Okay. So that. But I wouldn't like dive into a hunk of blue okay. cheese. I can't even do it on salad. Not even like a cob salad? No, no. Oh, yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. I could only do it as a blue cheese dip for wings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Something about it. Can't do it. Sorry, your other two? <laughs> um, other two. Okay, so I, uh, I'm i gluten intolerant, mm-hmm. so I don't eat gluten. But uh, pasta mm-hmm. is my most favorite food and... Uh, I do obviously eat like gluten-free alternatives, yeah. but if I had like a last meal, mm-hmm. I would be eating pasta. What type of sauce? Well, it sort of depends on what mood I'm in. Okay. But I like I love spaghetti with like a, an arrabbiata. Mm-hmm. I also love cacio e pepe. Me too. Um, I love cacio e pepe. It's so simple, but or so Buddha good. Or used to make my favorite one. Um, I like spaghetti alimone. I'm probably saying all these things wrong. It doesn't matter. I don't know the delicious. right way to say them. Um, so pasta, pasta, I mean, as a child, you know, you, uh, your birthday, you get to choose your meal and every single year it was always pasta. My parents could attest to that. People talk about this a lot, but like that never happened in my house. Really? No. I hear a lot of people say like, well, you know, my birthday meal and I got to call my parents because we definitely didn't do that tradition. I'm shocked because you're so tradition oriented. I, I know. Maybe you just requested it. Maybe like without me knowing it, it was, was a just- thing. I don't know. I mean, like now it, that we're older, we go out to restaurants. Mm-hmm. So, like, I pick the restaurant. Mm-hmm. I gotta call them. Yeah, I'd like to get to the bottom of this too. Me too. <laughs> Especially, well, no, my well, my birthday falls on a Tuesday this year, so I'm really excited because Joe and I are just gonna be the two of us and have tacos. Ah, uh, it's perfect. So, 
I've actually adopted Taco Tuesday, yes, as you best. know. And I do it because I love that sort of, you know, one meal a week that mm-hmm. I don't have to come up with a creative idea. It's always something different, like a yes. different kind of tacos, whatever yeah. I have in the fridge. But it's like that's kind of our um, – uh, what's the word like anchor in the week yeah, and then like, everything else is built around totally. it and then we have taco for lunch on Wednesday taco salad yep yeah I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow actually I gotta think about that um okay sorry your third food uh, my third food would be french fries that's a big one for people yeah. on the show um where are your favorite french fries from I don't discriminate I mean okay. I, I like different again it's the same with cheese where there's yeah. a lot of different types like I I love um I love like a steak free, but then I also love the French fries from the Spotted Pig. Oh my God, I love those. Mm-hmm. Those are some of my favorites. I think that shoestring that was one fries. of my shoestring fries with the rosemary. Yes. I think that that was like one of my first meals living in New York or when That's I was. a good one. It was a really good one. It was pretty happy. We actually have a very heavily debate over Spotted Pig in our household. Really? Because. It goes back to the two things that you love so much. I was going to say. and fries. The gorgonzola. So I obviously do my research before I go into any restaurant. So I knew that the burger comes with Roquefort cheese, yeah. which oh, is Roquefort, like yeah. a blue cheese yeah. base, I guess. Um, so we went. It was me, Joe, and three of our guy friends. Mm-hmm. And it was the five of us. And obviously we sat down. And the devils on horseback there are outrageous. Incredible. Which is like a pear stuffed date wrapped in bacon yes something of that sort yes amazing and so i was like we need these we need to split the nudie and then we all get a burger and fries Mm -hmm. so i said can i please have my burger with no cheese and it was amazing and i love shoestring fries so i was in heaven joe did not ask for his cheese on the side and he hates blue cheese so he felt like his whole experience was a little bit ruined Mm -hmm. by the cheese Mm -hmm. and as a table everyone hated the fries because they felt like they were too hard to actually it's such a guy situation to eat yeah they're like but how do i eat them like i'm like you just shove them in your mouth (laughs) it doesn't matter how do you eat all french fries as quick as possible yeah so it's a continue we honestly talk about it all the time because we want to go back he wants to get the burger without the cheese but more importantly i say i love the fries and he's not into them but i don't like the thick type of fry like a potato wedge fry looking oh, things. Oh, you don't? No, nah, not really. I mean, I will eat them, yes, but I'm kind of like, eh. What about a waffle fry? I was going to ask you that. Um, yes, but I feel like I haven't had that. I mean, Chick-fil-A. I was going to say Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Chick-fil-A waffle fries. Amazing. Mm-hmm. But I can't really think of other places that have waffle fries. Oh, Emmy Squared. Mm-hmm. They have waffle fries. Yeah. But there's something weird on them that I did not like. I agree. What was that? A seasoning know. of sorts. I don't know. I'll look and put it in the show notes. Um, and then what about sweet potato fries? Love them. I love. But so often they're battered. Yeah. Or, you know, with yeah, uh, yeah. dusted with flour. So it's kind of hard, to, you know. Bear you Burger to, has good ones. They do have good ones. Um, By Chloe has pretty good ones. It's like a healthy option. Me. I got to give it a healthy, try. you know. Quote My husband makes really good sweet potato fries. I love. I love sweet potato fries. There was another fry, but now I can't even remember what it is. Anyway, didn't we have really good fries in in Florida when we were there? One of the places we went. Oh, at the at beach, beach club. club. Such good fries. Mm-hmm. Really good fries. I and, love an Old Bay fry. Okay, me too. Have you had Five Guys seasoned fries? Yes, also okay. delicious. A bit salty, but really are delicious. what we ate so much in college, and I fucking love Five mm-hmm. Guys. 
I haven't been there in a long time. So in Canada, uh, poutine is our oh, sort yes. of like signature oh my dish. God, shit, I have to have it this yeah. week. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes, you do. I'll think about where. There's actually a place. I'll, I'll find out the name and okay. make sure that you go. Which is, for anyone who doesn't know, it's French fries, cheese curds, which is critical, and gravy. And it's the best thing that you'll ever Wait, eat. Wait, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. And I've planned out all of my meals already, obviously. We can slip it at in. At restaurants. Well, you could I, do it post-wedding. That's what I'm thinking. I feel like it'll probably be, like, you know, at the right. after party. But either way, I'll need my full experience. Like, warm Without a job. doubt. Um, okay, awesome. So thank you for bringing that to my attention. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Glad um, I could be of service. Seriously. Ash, thank you so much for being on here. Thank you for having me. I love you me. so much. This was so fun. This was and so fun. All of your business information will be in the show notes for people. Um, but the best platform for them to follow along would be Instagram, correct? Yes, at of space in mind. So you can check her out for tips and tricks on how to organize your home, inspirational photos that your house can one day look like. Mine sure is not there yet. And every Tuesday we do something oh, yes. called Tip Tuesday. So on Mondays uh, you can ask us a question about your home or life or whatever it is that mm-hmm. you're trying to organize and we'll answer your questions every Tuesday. So go ahead and – Yeah, and it's really helpful. I mean I've submitted questions mm-hmm. like what do I do if I'm a headband? I was but- about to say – if. I thought that's what you're going to ask me. Like, I am struggling with one organ- area of organization, and it is how headbands do I store my headband? And scrunchies. I've got a lot of scrunchies right now because I found this pack of 40. Okay, this is another thing. But it was $8, and so I had to get it. I wanted a variety, but I didn't want all 40. It's, it's me. Bulk buying. I know. It's my issue. Anyway, I submitted questions like that, yeah. and I obviously got a helpful answer. But I also – it's very helpful just to see what other people are struggling – not struggling with, but, mm-hmm. you know, you think of things where you're like, oh, I would have never thought of that. So – Right. Like I said, sometimes the simplest solutions yeah. are the hardest to come by. Totally. Totally so. agree. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I love you. What a dream. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I thoroughly hope you enjoyed it. If you could be so kind, I would greatly appreciate a rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. Currently, this one's available on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please subscribe to make sure you're up to date with new episodes coming at you every Friday morning. If once a week isn't enough of me, please follow along on my most active social channel, Instagram. Find me, my unedited videos, recipes, random rants, and info for all my other social channels on there at Freckled Foodie.